RWJ Barnabas Health Telemed offers you two convenient ways to see a doctor anytime, anywhere, without having to come in for an appointment. If you're in need of urgent care, you can use our app to connect with a provider 24-7, right on your smartphone, tablet, or computer. Or you can use our website to schedule a virtual visit with an RWJ Barnabas Health Medical Group provider or specialist. And you can even register as a new patient. Book an appointment online at rwjbh.org slash telemed. Your safety has always been our top priority, and we've taken every precaution. So don't delay your care any longer. Get started today at rwjbh.org slash telemed. RWJ Barnabas Health. Let's be healthy together. Join me at the annual RWJ Barnabas Health Running with the Devils 5K Run and Walk on Sunday, October 24th. For those unable to attend, a virtual running option is also available October 1st through the 24th. 100% of proceeds from the event will be used to support our healthcare heroes in their efforts to protect and build healthier communities. To register today, visit NewJerseyDevils.com slash 5K. Hey everyone, and welcome to another edition of Speak of the Devils podcast. I am Sam Kassan, and I'm joined today, and believe me, the pleasure is all mine, by Amanda Stein. Once again, getting the crew back together the 18th. By the way, Speak of the Devils podcast brought to you by RWJ Barnabas Health, the official healthcare provider of the New Jersey Devils. But Amanda, this is, this is a week we've all been waiting for for a very long time. In a few days, we're all, you and I, and a whole slew of people will be heading to Buffalo for the opening of Rookie Tournament. Where, where's your head at? How excited are you? Just like, where's my head at? I don't even know where it's at because I'm so excited. So today I actually was able to go into the arena. I just had some stuff to do and I tweeted about it. I walked through the practice rink and that like sort of hit of cold air from the practice rink, like just sort of like smacks you in the face. And like, it's probably a bad way to describe it because it's such a beautiful feeling. Like you're just like, oh yeah, it's like kind of hottish outside, but it's like nice and cool in here for the ice. It really feels like it's here. And you're right. Like we're about to go to Buffalo. It's just, ah, I can't wait, Sam. I really don't even have the words. And I know obviously training camp is the real kickoff, but this is always the precursor, the appetizer, if you will, to the start of the season. And a lot of gets decided here, maybe not necessarily who's going to be on the Devils, but certainly the future. And I know there's a couple of players that you're going to have an eye on, particularly when this tournament gets going. And you actually touched on a few of those in last week's three things. So why don't you uh, give us a, a brief taste of your three <laughs> things from last week? And if fans want to, they can go to NewJerseyDevils.com and obviously read up a little further detail, but give us a little. That's right. Um, so I sort of looked at it from the vantage point of, there are two players in particular that I knew that everyone sort of has their eye on and I'm in that same category. And that's Dawson Mercer and Alexander Holtz drafted in the first round two years ago, or I guess it was like kind of like a year and a half ago at this point, um, but haven't been on that usual path because of what the COVID-19 pandemic has done to the hockey world and the world at large. So this is going to be their first chance. And then the other um, three things. So the third thing that I looked at is the goaltending battle. And I know that that might sound like 
a bit rich for a rookie camp, but I think it's important when you look at the players like Akira Schmid and Nico Dawes. This is their chance without the Mackenzie Blackwood, without Jonathan Bernier, without whatever other goaltenders end up in the mix or Scott Wedgwood too. I can't forget him. This is their opportunity to start opening some eyes to what they're going to be able to do. There's going to likely be just one job in Utica this year with, um, with Scott Wedgwood, likely also the starter there or one of two goaltenders there. So this is their opportunity to really, you know, play those games at the prospect tournament, play their very best, because this is the only time it's going to be such a small group of goaltenders, right? And there's very particular eyes that have to be on goaltenders. So for me, this is their opportunity to really kick this camp off well. I think you said it Absolutely perfect because there is really only one job after Wedgwood. Obviously, injuries could fluctuate a lot of different things. Exactly. If you're trying to get some playing time, this is the chance to show yourself to either be the backup in Utica or who knows beyond that. So another player, of course, trying to make a name for himself, show a little something is Michael Vukovic. And he's was our guest today on the podcast. And Amanda, he's he's quite the character, isn't he? <laughs> I so I love this kid. I just think like, he's just, he's got so much personality. He's got a lot of confidence, but he's also very humble and very understanding of what his path has been and how he wants to achieve his goals. And we'll really hear him talk a lot about that in this interview that's coming up. But to me, it's just his personality. That's so great. I've been able to talk to uh, his head coach from last year, Mark Dennehy, who was the, then the coach of the AHL franchise and just, you know, nothing but wonderful things to say about the way that he is. Mark described him as, as a bit of an old soul, but still able to have a lot of fun. He's very respectful of his coaches and all that. So without further ado, you know, don't let me talk to you about Mike, let him take it away and let's hear from, from him right now. So first of all, Mike, thank you so much for taking the time and joining us today. Welcome to Speak of the Devil's podcast. Thank you. Happy to be here. So we want to get into, obviously, the, the last year that you've had playing hockey. So it starts at the beginning of last year. The OHL cancels their season. Now some guys go overseas. Some guys have different situations where they're trying to get some action and get some tape. You ended up in Binghamton, a very unique situation playing for the American Hockey League. I wonder how that decision kind of came about. Yeah, that was crazy. Uh, it was pretty unique. We uh, The OHL season kept getting delayed uh, month after month. And then um, in about January, I had the opportunity to, to originally come down just for the AHL training camp. And uh, I thought I was only going to be here for two months or two weeks. So I packed for two weeks. And um, as the OHL season kept getting delayed, I ended up staying for four months with uh, two weeks worth of packed clothes and stuff. And it's pretty funny. So I had to do a lot of laundry, but I mean, it worked out in my favor. And um, when the OHL finally got canceled, I knew I was sticking and, and staying here. So it was pretty exciting. And I mean, it was pretty crazy what the world was going through, but it kind of worked out in my favor. And, and I ended up having a little bit of a benefit and an advantage. So it worked out well for me. And I'm just happy. I, I talked to Coach Dennehy last season while you guys were playing. And one of the things he told me is he said that, you know, Mike is having a great season with us, learning a lot, and he really doesn't want to go back. Not, not that there's anything wrong with, you know, going back to junior and playing for the Kitchener Rangers, but the experience you were getting, you were really loving and you didn't want to go back. So sort of tell me what you kind of um, enjoyed about this unexpected taste of the professional game. 
Yeah, it was pretty funny. Every time there was uh, rumblings to the OHL that I was going to start back up, I was in uh, you know, Mark's office like, hey, what have you heard? Like, <laughs> who's telling him I'm not going back, right? I'm going to stick here and I'm going to stay for the season. He's like, Mike, don't worry about it. Just control you control. If, it, if you have to go back, I mean, it's the rules. So you got to go back. So that was pretty funny. But, you know, I loved being there. And it was, you know, my intro to the pro hockey lifestyle and the pro hockey game. And, and I loved it because, you know, it was business at the rank and, you know, you take care of yourself away from the rink and it's, it's a pro life. And I, I really enjoyed it. And I thought that, you know, it was more enjoyable for me than junior because, you know, I want to be a pro hockey player as a career. And that was my first year. And, you know, I really got a taste of it and I fell in love with it even more than I already was. Is it, I mean, a little sad though, that, you know, your OHL career comes to an end given all this um, because you, you won't go back there next year to Kitchener. Yeah, it was a little weird um, because, you know, we played a game and then the next day the season was canceled. So I played my last. That was it. <laughs> yeah. So I never really got like a goodbye or, you know, a, an ending or, or anything like that. But, you know, it, it all works out and things happen for a reason. And, you know, if I dwell on that, but I got to realize that I had great opportunities last year as a result of that. So I'm going to be thankful for it. And, you know, whatever happened, happened and everything works out for a reason. So that's what it was. It's the question. I think most prospects get asked after playing their first pro game, what, you know, what was the thing that was most surprising to you? And what did you realize in your game? Like, I really got to focus on this if I want to stick around and be an impact player. Yeah. So the biggest change that I noticed was just, you know, first of all, everyone was a lot older. So I went from being an older guy in the OHL to being the, the youngest guy in, the, in a much better league. So that was a, a big adjustment guys are older, stronger and, and guys are, you know, trying to play to provide for their families. So they really were dedicated. And in junior it's there's dedication, but not to that degree, if you know what I mean. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, and then the other thing is um, just being in pro hockey, you, you just, you learn how to be a pro is the easiest mm-hmm. way to put it and, you know, take care of yourself away from the rink, you know, getting in extra early and staying later to, you know, take care of your body, get the right nutrition in you. And it's, really a big transition and I loved it you talk about playing against bigger guys but you've got some pretty good size yourself being 6'3 you're listed at 210 I don't know if that's where your weight is now um did you think that helped a little bit in the adjustment that you already had some decent size that you could handle maybe the physicality of the American Hockey League level absolutely I think being a little bit bigger and you know in my frame it it worked on my advantage I wasn't a small guy coming into a, a man's league. It was kind of physically, I was almost on par with these guys. So kind of worked on my favor and I could stand my ground and, you know, play physical and, and you know, being a lot bigger than some of the other players. So it, it really worked for my favor and you know, I'm thankful for my size and you know, it worked out to my advantage and just being in the pro game. It's, it's at the end of the day, it's still hockey. It's just, I'm um, at the next level. So. Go ahead, Tim. <laughs> I was going to say, I like the attitude you had where, it is a pro game. You're learning to be a pro, not just playing the game, but all the aspects that go into it, whether it's nutrition, uh, working in the little areas. I wonder what are some areas of your game you felt you improved on? Did, you know, did you add some muscle? Did you adjust quickly to the quickness and speed? Like where are some areas of your game you think you actually grew and learned to be a professional at? I think uh, in the OHL we work out, but um, you know, last year we worked out every single day after practice. So getting stronger and you know, getting leaner and, and quicker, stronger. So that kinds of things is, uh, you know, welcoming the pro game and also, um, um, back to like just being, you know, my frame and stuff and just kind of learning how to fill into it. All right. So 
here's here's a strange question. You you know, I, I know how to pronounce your last name because we've talked about it. And I've known you, you know, I've known you for a couple of years now, but I did notice, I think at one point you were when you were playing with Binghamton, were you paired with Nikita? Yep. Yep. Okay. So to me, this is like, you guys have like the craziest last names out of everyone. So you're Vukajevic, right? Did I get that right? Yeah. Or Sort of. Okay. Give me the actual pronunciation. Vukovic. It's the actual. Oh, okay. Yeah. I got it right. <laughs> um, and what about Nikita's last name? I feel like this is like a very hot topic around the fan base. Yeah. So I personally don't even know. We just call him. Okatyuk. Yeah, don't worry. It's okay. in some Russian accent, and then we just condensed it to Oki because you know that was easy. For That's me. much easier. It's so Oki. funny because I just like remember seeing you guys paired up together. I was like, oh man, I feel bad for these <laughs> announcers coming up. I mean, what was that like paired up with him? Because he's a he's a pretty big boy himself, and he's quite a personality. Yeah, no, it was awesome. Yeah, Nikki's a great guy, Oki. So uh, we we when we were paired together, it was a couple games, but it was fun. We were physical and we were 19 and 20 at the time so really young deep deep pairing but it was fun we just played physical and played our games and kept it simple what was that coaching staff like for you that you enjoyed I mean you I was able to watch a couple of your practices and of course Sergey Breland is out there and while he wasn't a defenseman I think he was often the hardest worker on the ice even during your practices is that kind of fair to say yeah, that's large. he's a great three-on-three player at the end of practice. <laughs> he really is. <laughs> it was pretty crazy, but the coaching staff was awesome. You know, we had a, a lot of young guys, and, you know, they really took their time with us and let us, uh, you know, have those growing pains, and they really, you know, stuck with us and stayed patient, and it really helped us in the long run because, you know, they had confidence in us young kids, and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it really helped and gave us the confidence through them, and, I mean, it worked out, and, just teaching us stuff and, and really welcoming us, welcoming us into the program and how to play and stay effective. And again, going back to living the pro life, obviously when you're in junior, you're living with a bill of family, there's someone taking care of you. Well, here you're literally on your own. I wonder which area you kind of set up in. What you thought of the, the town, the city, the state, like what are your what impressions? What skills of- did you learn? He knows how to do laundry. He was doing it quite a bit. Yeah, I had to do a lot of laundry, two weeks worth of clothes. It was, it was pretty brutal. But You didn't think to buy a little more clothing? Like maybe go to the store and get a couple more items? You just stuck with the two weeks worth? Just stick to the roots. Get <laughs> what got you to the dance, right? Right. <laughs> okay, but did you like learn any other like household skills? Yeah, yeah. How to cook. I uh, Okay. Yeah, I cooked a lot actually last year. Um, I really learned how to cook. It's funny. I It'd be a random, you know, night and I'd be FaceTime my mom and she, she'd pick up like, oh, what are you cooking tonight? What do you need help with? I said, mom, like I got this and this. I need a recipe. How do I cook it and stuff? So she taught me the basics and stuff and seasoning kind of meats and, you know, making that kind of stuff. And I really. And did you see, you know, did you see an improvement from like the beginning? I definitely tasted an improvement. The first time my chicken wasn't a little, was a little undercooked <laughs> and maybe a little overcooked. And I really got the hang of it. I, like I to, love that. I like to say I'm a pretty decent cook right now. Okay. I mean, that's, Hey, look, that's a good skill to have off the ice. That's for sure. Very <laughs> average. Which, what's your best meal then? What's your best meal to uh, prepare? I like a chicken parm. I made that a lot. That was my pregame meal. It's pretty simple, pretty easy. And you know, I thought I made it pretty well. I mean, I enjoyed it. I ate it. <laughs> hey, that's all that matters, <laughs> right? Pretty average. We're not talking top quality here. 
So I, I kind of want to go back to your roots because one of the unique things about you is that you're of Croatian descent. Your dad uh, was born in Croatia, immigrated to Canada when he was two years old. And from what I understand from reading about you, that part of your heritage is very important to you and your family, is it not? Absolutely. Um, I'm Croatian. I mean, I can tell by the way you pronounced your last name for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's the Croatian ethnic way. So back home, that's what it is. Um, and so have you been to Croatia? No, I haven't. But okay. That's on my bucket list to go back to Croatia and see where my family's from, my, you know, my family's roots and enjoy the beautiful city and the beautiful country. Um, and, you know, it's a beautiful place and something I've always wanted to go to and, you know, go with my family and really enjoy that. But, you know, being Croatian, we're super proud. A lot of people that know me know that I'm Croatian because I kind of make it known. Um, <laughs> super proud. Uh, we we're a small country, but we're very um, hardworking. So it's uh, something I'm really proud of and happy to be. And I, I don't know, maybe, I mean, how many um, Croatian people have made it to the NHL before. I think I, I think I heard maybe two, but like names that I am not familiar with at all. <laughs> um, it's not a big sport over there, I would imagine. Um, is it, you know, what other sports did you sort of be drawn to in terms of like Croatian national teams? So the soccer team, that's, uh, that's our team. <laughs> There's no hockey in Croatia. There's not a lot of hockey. But... You're like, yeah, sorry. I was like, I was like, I'm not sure, but. It's not a thing that Croatian people do. They're big soccer players and they have a good national team, a couple of good players and, and the 2018 world cup, they made it to the finals. So that was a. What was that like for you and your family? That was one of the, like the best memories ever is just seeing on national television, world cup finals. It's actually the most viewed soccer game of all time. And it was Croatia was playing with it, playing in it. And we're a small country in Europe and, you know, just super proud. And we went to a big Croatian park and they had it on a big TV and all the fans are going crazy when we were scoring with the flares and stuff. And, you know, we're, we're crazy proud people. I love that. I love that. A big party. So what about Croatian dishes? Like, do you have, do your, parents cook like dishes that are native from Croatia? Yeah, my mom does sometimes. My grandparents definitely do. Um, it's pretty good. So what are the best ones? Tell tell Sam and I, what are the best ones that we oh, should look out for? It's called sadama. It's uh, cabbage rolls. Uh, it's like mm -hmm. cabbage rolls with like rice and, uh, and pork inside and it's cooked in a sauce and it's pretty good. I'm not a huge cabbage fan, but that's pretty good when it's, when it's cooked. It's called sadama. Did you attempt to make them on your own when you were <laughs> average, absolutely average not chef. chickens pasta soups that's <laughs> my forte love it are you both your parents croatian or just your father yeah both my parents my mom and my dad and they met in croatia then came over no my dad uh, was born in croatia and he uh, immigrated to canada when he was two years old my mom was born in toronto and they met when they were 20 in toronto Oh, okay. But they have Croatian backgrounds. Yeah, yeah. Well, Do they get back a lot? Um, not, no, not really. We're so busy, our family. And yeah, they get between my hockey, my my brother's baseball, and then I have a sister as well. So they're pretty busy and you know, couldn't find much time. So are you the oldest sibling then of the? Oh, I'm the youngest. I'm an older are you the youngest? Yeah, he's uh, <laughs> four years older than me and a sister that's three years older than me. And what was it like growing up? Like I read a little bit and said your, your dad was very passionate about sports and he wanted you kids all to play sports, but he wasn't like, cause a lot of these prospects we interviewed, they have like the coach father 
he's like coaching them while they're going up. Whereas your father was like, Oh yeah, go have fun. <laughs> My dad wasn't a coach. He was the trainer. He was the, he opened the doors for the forwards and I was a defenseman. So he wasn't, a, he wasn't coaching me or anything. He's opened the door for the forwards, but yeah, he, uh, he didn't play a lot of sports growing up. And that was something that wouldn't, you know, ever since he was a teenager that, you know, when he was a father, he wanted his kids to play sports and give them opportunities, which was what we, my brother, my sister and I had. Um, so, you know, he's a huge hockey fan. He had a, he has a huge hockey card collection and that was one of his things. That was his, uh, his way of being integ- integrated in the sports and you no know, big hockey card collection. And, you know, he always told me growing up that hopefully one day you can collect mine. Hey, that would be cool. What, what do you think is his most valuable uh, hockey card that he has? He's got a bunch. He's got Gretzky's, uh, Yager's, like the rookie cards. Yeah, he's got a pretty good collection. Hey, that's, that's so, but I bet you like, that would be a really cool moment for him to like have his son on one of those cards. I think so. I think that'd be really special. That's a huge motivator for me is, you know, trying to, it wouldn't pay back, you know, the sacrifices that my parents made, but it would be, you know, a step in the right direction to get that one as a thank you and to pay, pay him back. So when he immigrated to Canada, where did he land? Was he in Toronto as well? Yeah. Yeah. He was in Toronto. They moved from Canada, uh, Croatia to um, High Park area. In yeah. So was he a Leafs fan? Like, did he, and like, what were you growing up? Like, what was your team growing up? So he, growing up, he was a huge Leafs fan and a huge Boris Salming fan. Okay. Makes sense. Yeah. So grew up in, you know, in the Sago, so I was a Leafs fan, and, you know, watching Sunbeam and, and those guys in Darcy Tucker. And yeah, so I was growing up, I was a Leafs fan. They were the closest team and yeah, a couple disappointing years. But, <laughs> Just a few. Just a few. Um, what about um, you know players that you wanted to emulate that you watched when you were younger that you know you wanted to sort of play like they did or who did you sort of look up to in that respect? There was a bunch. Um, you know, growing up in Canada, it was a lot of the Canadian defensemen, so like Drew Doughty and Shea Weber, and you know a lot of Shea Weber because I kind of felt that you know he's a big physical, yeah. Player, so kind of like my game is kind of. I'm not going to say his game, but I kind of try to play my game like he plays his game. And that's kind of like someone I try to play like. And a lot of the Canadian guys, and I was a huge Crosby fan growing up in Canada, 2010 Golden Goal. So no, it was amazing. It was the best thing ever. <laughs> Sorry, Sam. It's Sam's American. Sam's American. So. I am from Pittsburgh, though. So Crosby. That's true. That is true. That is true. But I noticed you didn't mention Jay McKee as one of your idols as a defenseman growing up. He's going to be hurt when he hears that. Growing up, he wasn't a huge, uh, huge uh, mo- uh, role model, but when I played in Kitchener, he definitely turned into one. Him and Dennis Weidman as well. They were both the coaches there. So. I want to ask, what, what was it like playing under them? What, what was their influence on you, whether as a player or as a person? I mean, it was unbelievable. They have, you know, over 1,500 games between the two of them. They played multiple years in the NHL, and they have so much experience and insight and knowledge of the game and just every day constantly picking both their brains because – you know, Weidman was an offensive defenseman and Jay McKee was a defensive defenseman. So again, both aspects from, from both was a huge help for me and really kind of, um, you know, helped my career and turned me into the player that I am today and getting a lot of insight from them and playing under them for, for all my career. And I heard that you and Jack Hughes are pretty good friends. Is that true? Yeah. Yeah. We grew up together. We played uh, baseball and hockey and stuff when we were, when we were younger in the Toronto area. So yeah, I know him from, from over yeah. And what did you think of his reaction when Luke got drafted? Because that was obviously something that went viral across all of social media. Yeah, that was funny. He uh, he jumped up before Luke did, and he was more. I think he looked more excited than Luke was. 
<laughs> pretty crazy. I mean, that's pretty special that they, you know, they're both in uh, in Jersey now. So, I uh, know it's super happy for them. You know, Luke. Who was the better baseball player, you or Jack? I think we can both agree that. Well, here's the thing: I played baseball. Come on. I was a better baseball player. <laughs> there you go. Thank you. <laughs> he was a good ball player, but yeah, we had a fun team and a good team. So it was fun. Was it like a like a club team kind of thing you played for? Or? Yeah, it was just a Mississauga rep team. We played a couple of years together and three years, I think it was. And yeah, it was a lot of fun. Good memory. Um, and you said that your brother plays baseball. Is where does he play it? Like where does he play right now? He doesn't play anymore. He used to play. Oh, he doesn't play anymore. Okay. Just uh, finished university and he's working now. So you know, all growing up and then up until university, he was playing ball and he's a he's a pitcher. So um, I tried to be a pitcher when I was playing baseball as well. <laughs> Kind of be like that. So, yeah. So, what do you like to do to get away from the game? And I know it's like a very cliche kind of question, but I think one of the things that we get out of these podcasts is we get to know people away from the rink, other interests. I remember talking to Miles Wood and he was talking about how he loves real estate and all these kinds of things. So like, what interests you outside of hockey? Um, during the summer, um, with, we had a couple of COVID restrictions. So, I went yeah. on walks to kind of kill mm-hmm. time in my day and kind of enjoy the outside and the weather. So I went to a couple of trails and, you know, I kind of enjoy hiking a little bit now. It's something new to me that I never really was into hiking, but just this summer and, you know, just getting out on the trail and kind of being in the woods and, you know, being with your thoughts and you really learn a lot about yourself. And that was something that I enjoyed and you feel so small in the woods, but, you know, you still, you're still you and it's a really humbling experience I would say is just being in an empty forest and just walking and hiking and stuff and you know, really what was the longest hike that you took I took you know 10k 15k hikes a couple hours just being out there um you know nowhere no music no airpod just in, really know. wow and by yourself yeah sometimes I, I love that family sometimes with friends so, yeah huh. it's so zen just yeah meditation in nature yeah it was almost like that it was like uh just peaceful you know be there with the thoughts kind of think good bad getting the mental right mental health uh right mental aspect right mental health space so it was good you do a lot of meditation or anything like that i don't do meditation sometimes i listen to zen music just to you know kind of unwind and i go for my walks and i go hiking interesting because speaking of social media i did peruse your uh twitter feed and i noticed a lot of UFC, MMA, and boxing posts you had on there. So, I do play uh, MMA and, and boxing. I, uh, I watch a lot of it, and that's uh, kind of my sport that I watch other than hockey out of football season as well. But I really enjoy those fighters because, you know, in combat sports, it's one-on-one. It's, you know, selling fights. It's one man versus another man who's got the, the willpower. So I really enjoy it. I watch it every weekend, every Saturday night. I'm up watching the the fights whenever it is UFC, Bellator, PFL one. So I enjoy it all. Have you ever dabbled in MMA? No, I haven't. Uh, I can't really. Cause you know, I don't want to, it's like, I don't want to lose my hockey career. Well, maybe when you were 13 or so, I don't know. Like <laughs> well, I, I got into it a couple of years ago, probably four years ago. So when I was already in junior and I didn't want to, you know, get into, you know, jujitsu or karate or Muay Thai or anything like that and, you know, get hurt or, you know, break a bone or something that I'm missing hockey or, you know, that's the career I'm trying to make. So who, who in your 
estimation is the greatest fighter of all time. Please say George St. Pierre from Hails from my neck of the woods. Are we talking boxing or UFC? UFC. UFC, I think John Jones. Okay. I know nothing about this, by the way. I just know that like George St. Pierre lives like three houses down from my mom. (laughs) He's a great fighter back in his day. But my favorite is uh, heavyweight Stipe Miocic, who is also Croatian. He was a heavyweight champion. So he's my favorite. And it's another story of a small country and a Croatian guy. And, you know, he's a firefighter. He's a UFC heavyweight champion in the world. That's pretty cool. So do you know um, Ariel Helwani? Yep, the, I watch his show. Okay, so he's my cousin. Come on. Oh, I swear to you, he's my cousin. Yeah, I watch all his shows. He he does a lot of shows with, you know, DC. Because he just, his new show, his show just came back this week. Yeah. The MMA Hour. So, yeah, I always ask people and they're like, your cousins with Ariel Helwani? I'm like, yeah, I'm like the least important sports reporter at our dinner table. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Anyhow, yeah, Sam, you got anything else there? <laughs> yeah, well, I, I did uh, peruse also his top five shows, and he had The Office, Trailer Park Boys, Prison Break, Animal Kingdom. Interesting, interesting choice there. And then Peaky Blinders. So which do you have any favorite episodes, favorite characters? And, and if you had to binge, which is one? If you can only pick one on the list, which would it be? To binge, um, probably Peaky Blinders. I love Tommy Shelby. I think he's a you know badass dude, and he's just super you know focused, and he's just really cool character. I mean, it's dangerous what you know their lifestyle they live, but he's super exciting to watch, and he just keeps you glued to the TV. So I think Peaky Blinders and Tommy Shelby. I also love Michael Scott. He's hilarious. No, he's the best. <laughs> he's the best. He's best really guy the best. on TV. He's super funny, and that's a. A nice show I watch in like a background music if I scroll onto my phone or something. I just love watching that in the, in the background, laughing at a couple of Michael's jokes. Well, and the, well, the best part about like Michael's jokes, sorry, Sam, is that like no matter how many times you hear them, they're like still hilarious. Like you still laugh out loud. The best. It's the best dry humor ever. It's so funny. You can watch it a hundred times and still laugh. You said background music. What about some musical taste? Do you have any favorite genres, favorite artists? Give us some insight. I like uh, listening to rap music. Drake's my number one. Um, He's from Toronto, so. Well, yeah, exactly. In my opinion, he's one of the greatest of all time in in the rap uh, industry. So I really like Drake. I like Kanye. Uh, I like a couple other guys. Some of the new guys are are pretty good too. But those are my made my top two. Do you rap at all? No freestyle for it. (laughs) Not a rapper. No, leave me alone. (laughs) Part time average cooker. (laughs) well mike we really appreciate you doing this it was great to catch up with you and um you know good luck next season you had a bit of a taste of you know the pro-life last year you're about to head into it you know full time so good luck next year and uh we'll see you at training camp likewise is you know great to be here for this have some laughs have some jokes a little bit in we should do this again Congrats on the new house, honey. What's this? Carbon monoxide detectors? Yeah, put one on every level. Because you can't see or smell carbon monoxide. And when fuel-burning appliances aren't working right, CO can build up and be deadly. Guys, I'm on it. 
We just want to know you're safe. At PSENG, we're committed to your family's safety. Know how to prevent carbon monoxide poisoning. If your CO detector goes off, leave immediately. Then call 911. Protect the ones you love. Learn more at PSEG.com slash gas safety. So Amanda, I didn't know you had such a famous family here. And uh, apparently Michael also a fan of your family, particularly the UFC fighting background that he has. That's kind of no, I don't. Involved. Yeah, I mean, I don't like to talk about it too much because he's way more famous than I think I'll ever be in my entire life. Um, but Ariel has been a huge support of mine. And so we recorded this interview, actually, um, just like a, a little bit ago. And so what I did for Mike is I actually called up my cousin and I said, look, you've got a really big fan in one of our prospects. And I was wondering if you could send him a message. And so Ariel recorded Mike, uh, you know, a good luck video for this coming year. And I sent it to Mike and he sent it to all his friends and he was super excited. So, you know what, it's just about the little things that you can do for people. He didn't care that he was talking to me. He was more interested in the video recorded message that my cousin sent him, which is totally fine. Of course, of course. <laughs> of course, naturally. And I'm sure you made his day. I mean, I've, it's so cool when you see these guys, because obviously we see how kids light up when they see these guys. They're their heroes. They look up to them. They're idolizing, idolizing them. But to see them as fans as well. I mean, yeah. when we started talking, you have seen his his eyes just lit up like he was so excited. Like you can tell he's such a huge fan. And then when you dropped your cousin's name and it was just like he was, <laughs> he was starstruck. Was yeah, you don't, that, yeah. <laughs> you don't so, see professional hockey players get starstruck very often, but it was, it was such a touching moment. Yeah, it was. It was pretty cool. And like, you know, I felt, you know, like, okay, yeah, he's part of my family. No big deal. <laughs> but, you know, like I said, uh, Ariel has over a million followers on all his. I am nowhere near there. I'll let him take the cake. And I'm happy, you know, just when there's something like that, that you can do something nice for someone in the franchise by, you know, offering them a word of encouragement from someone that, that they really like in another sport. And I think that's it. It's something outside of who they are professionally. Um, so yeah, the least I could do. I think now we know who our go-to is for the UFC upcoming matches. We got to get, uh, that's right. take on, <laughs> you got to get his predictions, his opinions. He, he seems to know a lot more than, well, certainly a lot more than I do, but. Uh, me too. <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> You're not alone, Sam. <laughs> But what what are you excited to see from him in his ability or his chance and opportunity here to showcase what he can do on the ice as a player too? Because we we talked in the intro about a couple of guys you're keeping an eye on, but obviously he's another guy that has an opportunity with this rookie tournament. Yeah, I mean it's interesting because I don't think that there's as much room on defense for the Devils right now, especially when it comes to younger players. If you consider, um, you know, who they brought in, who they re-signed, you know, John. Jonas, Jonas Siegenthaler, excuse me. Haven't said that name in a while. <laughs> it's a little bit to get used to. Um, Graves is now on the team. Dougie Hamilton, of course, changes the dynamic. So I wouldn't, you know, and Ty Smith naturally, but I wouldn't expect a player like Mike to be cracking um, an NHL lineup. But certainly it's the same thing that you, you look at for like guys that we talked about in terms of that goaltending battle. This is an opportunity for everyone who's invited to this rookie camp to participate particularly in these games and in, in the Buffalo tournament to have the eyes only on them. You know, when they come back, it's NHL heavy. All the big wigs are there. Nico's there. Um, you know, Jack is the, like just all these other names start appearing that you start becoming 
a smaller fish in a bigger pond. So I expect Mike to do what he does, and that is take advantage of every opportunity. One of the things that um, you'll be able to read that's going up on our website today is me talking to Mark Dennehy about Mike Vukajevic, at which you say his name properly. I don't. <laughs> um, just about how, yeah, exactly. <laughs> just about how Mike um, takes advice seeks out advice and then really executes on what um, other people are telling him in, you know, positions of like coaches and stuff. He really absorbs what they're saying and he really tries to put that into his game. So he's going to have lots of new coaches around. He's going to have lots of coaches around for, for a lot of these guys, Sam, like this is their first real NHL training camp. Sure. Mike was there for last year, but it was a mini sort of training camp. It was very fast because we were getting ready for the sh- start of a shortened season. This time it's the real deal. Thankfully. Yeah. The coaches will get a chance to see him. Management will get a chance to see him. And the fans, you also can get a chance to see him because the games, the matches will be streamed live on the devil's website. Those games are September 17th and September 19th for the Buffalo prospects challenge. And for Stein, I guess we're going to wrap this one up again. I'm Sam Kassan for our executive producer, Andrew McLean. This has been Speak of the Devils podcast presented by RWJ Barnabas Health, the official health care provider of the New Jersey Devils. We'll catch you next time.